0: It's time for midday on the 17th day of December. Tyler Cavalli along with you. Thanks for making us a part of your day, wherever you may be listening. Warming up just a little bit across much of our region. More 40s will pop up before the day is over. We're already seeing mostly 30s across the state of Nebraska, Kansas, and Northeast Colorado. 42 in Kibble right now. That is the warmest spot. We'll hear from Jason in sports coming up in just a moment. And we'll also hear from Bob Brogan as tell us how stocks are doing so far here on this Thursday. But Bryce Duskett is now filling in for Susan Littlefield today, and uh, Bryce is in Lincoln. How how are things going so far?
1: Well, it's 34 degrees and sunny. I like that. Big fan of that.
0: All right, not too bad. I know it's a busy day coming up here. Uh,
1: What do you got for us on midday? Well, coming up at 1219, Nebraska won the Crunch Off competition for the second straight year. You might be wondering what is a Crunch Off competition. More on that is to come, but uh, in short... We're uh, doing a competition between a few other states to see how many people can crunch into a local apple. So Alex will be bringing us that story at 1219. Then at 1245, Susan Littlefield will step in and remind us the importance of grain bin safety. She'll be talking with a representative from CHS about the proper ways to handle grain. And then wrapping up at 117, I'll be catching up on the latest activity of Nebraska Innovation Campus. Of course, that is the home of our Lincoln Studios here. I recently sat down with the executive director of the campus to learn more about some of the construction activity that's happening in Lincoln. So that's a look at what's coming up from the farm team.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Bryce. Sure appreciate it. Uh, Let's turn it over to Jason Jorgensen in sports. Husker football getting ready for a game in what is now uh, snowy New Jersey as uh, they got some good snow in the last twenty four hours or so, well, it is December in Jersey, so uh there although for the most part the weather
2: behaved pretty well for all it, of these games that were late, but uh, but they didn't get the three feet of snow No, thankfully, right? thankfully, not so that <laughs> uh, memorable Nebraska redkers game could take place tomorrow night at six thirty. Hey, some good news for the huskers uh kicker Connor Kolb has just been recognized as the big Tens top kicker of the year the Native from Phoenix, who was pretty good. He was 13 of 15 on field goals and 16 of 16 mm. on PAT attempts. So, congratulations to him. That's a big honor. It's been a while since
0: we've had some good news to talk about <laughs> from Nebraska football. He also helped solidify that position for
2: Nebraska, right. which had been a circus the year before. But he came in and was as good as advertised. Uh, Nebraska was able to line up 31 more additions to the roster yesterday with some scholarship kids and some walk-ons. We'll get the thoughts of. Head coach Scott Frost about that. Husker men in action tonight against Doan. I don't know if there's a point spread on that game or not. Uh it's supposed to tip off at six. Have it for you on Cami Country. I I knew you probably could come up with that information as we sit here. I'd be surprised if there's a line on that game.
0: Well, there's you would think there's still probably gonna Although, be this day and age people
2: will bet on anything. And uh, we'll hear from UNK, men's basketball coach. Kevin Lofton received a nice contract extension earlier this week. We'll get his thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I don't see a line yeah. on that,
2: which is probably <laughs> at best uh, yeah. for
0: everybody at that point. So, all right. But no, they
2: needed a game. They needed to work off
0: some rust. And, uh, right. What an experience for Doan. Also, I was just thinking about this the other day. Nebraska men, they haven't even left oh, Lincoln. Or I should haven't. say they haven't left Nebraska this entire season so far. Oh. Good for them. Great <laughs> scheduling on their half. Uh, let's turn it over to Bob Brogan, and
3: how are stocks doing so far? Stocks rising on Wall Street uh, amid optimism about uh, a package of financial support being agreed upon. The number of Americans, meanwhile, applying for unemployment benefits rose again last week, and that other COVID-19 vaccine moving closer to being approved, that uh, Moderna vaccine. So details on that coming up.
0: All right, thank you very much, Bob. Let's turn it over to Clay. And it's staff for regional ag weather update brought to you by Aldridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins is now joining me, and Paul, you and I were just looking at the radar of uh, where the snow had fallen. And uh, it's interesting, western areas not so much, and you were saying northeast Nebraska
4: really knows to it, though we can see for the most part. Exactly, yeah. If you look at a visible satellite photo, not the infrared satellite photo, but a visible satellite photo, on a day like today when it is clear and we've got clear blue skies, the snow reflects back instead of clouds. And so you can really see, make out where people were seeing a fair amount of snow north central nebraska Ainsworth to o'neill down to around the broken bow area but the bulk of the snow right now from about broken bow and lexington and holdridge and points to the east right along the interstate mm-hmm. towards the omaha and fremont area then also a stretch of some snow from lexington and carney down to northwest kansas but otherwise the snow cover pretty sparse across much of the area and you can really note it in the temperatures because in those snow covered areas is where we do have temperatures more so in the upper 20s to the low 30s that compares with temperatures in the upper 30s to the low 40s in northeast nebraska and also into much of the nebraska panhandle listen the snow
0: that we got here at the station is uh way better than the situation they have in northeast uh, part of the the country three feet of snow <laughs> that's a lot yeah it's nice to get some snow
4: for some moisture but probably not that much no, yeah that's <laughs> a little bit too much right now but temperatures are going to warm up today and tomorrow exactly that snow cover disappearing very quickly We're, we We're even going to have a cold front move through, but that's not even expected to affect our temperatures. Despite the snow cover that is in place in cross areas today, our temperatures today still expected to warm to seasonal levels with some sunshine as the ridge of high pressure moves overhead. It would be even warmer if that ridge of high pressure was moving overhead with no snow cover on the ground. Cloud cover does increase for a short time from tonight through early tomorrow with the approach and passage of a weak cold front. Our precipitation chances now looking doubtful due to a lack of moisture to work with for that front. About the only thing we'll notice with that front will be some northwest winds reach, reaching breezy levels for tomorrow. Maybe a little bit of light snow late tonight into early tomorrow morning. Towards the Nebraska panhandle. Our temperatures tomorrow and Saturday actually expected to remain seasonal to slightly above average, so no cold air really with this system, just basically a wind shift line. Sunday and early next week, a building ridge of high pressure to our west, leading to much warmer temperatures that are 10 to 15 degrees above average. That'll really melt off that snow cover, and with that resulting snow cover, uh, melting away, those temperatures will warm a lot easier. Temperatures, though, cool into the 30s for daytime highs by Wednesday and Thursday. In behind a strong cold front, early indications point towards a dry passage of that front. Those temperatures won't stay cool for very long in the long term forecast. Overall, temperatures are very likely to be warmer than normal for Christmas Day all the way through December 30th in Nebraska and Kansas. It will stay mostly dry with below normal precipitation for Nebraska and Kansas. Tuesday through December 30th. The 30-day outlook for January is out today from the National Weather Service. And for Nebraska and Kansas, the forecast indicates slightly above normal temperatures and mostly near-normal precipitation next month, Western Kansas may be slightly drier than normal. In today's regional drought monitor, the entire state of Nebraska continues to be in some level of dryness. The least dry area with abnormal dryness is around the Thayer County area. Most of Nebraska, in moderate to severe drought, extreme drought continues in much of the Panhandle, and that extends into southwest and south-central Nebraska or for areas along and west of the line from Lexington to Holdridge and Alma. Kansas improved 5 percentage points to 19% drought-free, with no dryness concerns along the Oklahoma border from Dodge City and Liberal on over to the southeast corner. Most of Kansas not as dry as Nebraska, with abnormal dryness to moderate drought in much of the state. The worst of the dryness in Kansas from Smith Center on into much of the west with severe to extreme drought. Severe drought also found from Washington to Minneapolis in north-central Kansas. Some key weather factors in the market include chances for widespread rain in Brazil this next week and indications of timely rain in Argentina. Across Brazil, moderate to locally, heavy rain is expected through the weekend all the way from the south to the north. Some well-timed moisture for most production areas. Rio Grande do Sul in the far south, though, will only see light rain. The crop vegetative conditions are below the levels of both the year ago and the seasonal average. Argentina expects widespread rain tomorrow and Saturday. Important showers as the country goes drier next week. West Argentina crop areas that are drier and receive less of the rain will show more signs of stress.
0: In terms of temperatures, are we expecting temperatures to kind of be
4: right now what we're seeing in the 30s and 40s for the next several days and even week? Exactly, yeah. Today through Saturday, more so, these temperatures today... Uh, what we're seeing 30s to the low 40s, but then as we head towards Sunday and much of early next week, those highs in much of the area in the upper 40s to even some mid 50s wow. our southwestern locations. So looking very well, nice headed into the Christmas holiday. Uh, not going to be as warm as last week when we had those 60s <laughs> and low 70s, but uh, still very nice for this time of year. Dry precipitation or dry on the precipitation chances, so travel not going to be concerned. Good. So it's a trade-off whether you have the great <laughs>
0: temperatures or do you want snow on Christmas? You can't have both, I suppose. Exactly.
4: And usually, uh, a, st- a statistic many people don't realize, we only usually have about a 40% chance of a white Christmas and that's a, when we have about two to four inches of snow on the ground. Only 40% of the time that occurs. Wow, I did not know that either. Good <laughs> stuff. Learning stuff today with Paul Perkins. Uh, for more weather, where can you find that at? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you very much.
5: Nebraska has won the Crunch Off competition for the second straight year. And joining us with all of the details is Assistant Extension Educator Ben McShane Jewell. Ben, before we get too far into this conversation, what exactly is the Crunch Off competition?
6: Yeah, sure. So the Crunch Off is just it's a national event and it's kind of broken up into eight different regions across the state. So Nebraska is in the Mountain Plains region. And this is kind of just a it's a great opportunity to promote farm to school efforts across the region um, and an opportunity to get as many people as possible in all of these states uh, crunching on a local food item on one day in October. So October is uh, National Farm to School Month. It's a great uh, awareness-raising opportunity for people across the states to really get a better understanding of the benefits of Farm to School in their communities and to hopefully take part and eat something local and crunchy on that particular day.
5: Absolutely. And this has a wide impact on, you said, the Farm to School. Of course, it has an impact on our students, but also local producers and other consumers. Tell us about this wide impact that it has.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So Farm to School is a great opportunity to kind of, touch a lot of different lives like you said it's the students get uh, access to some healthy local fresh produce or other foods it's a great way for producers to tap into some new markets that maybe they haven't been selling to before schools and other institutions are great markets for our egg producers to get connected to because they're steady reliable markets and uh, you know they just keep those sales and that money in the local economy so it circulates around in those those communities over and over again it's great for supporting jobs and it's just an overall win-win-win for community students and for the producers too.
5: And it's probably safe to say that this is something that was really a bright spot in what has been 2020.
6: Yeah you're absolutely right about that and you know as everybody knows schools in particular have just had such a hard year this year and the efforts taken by school administrators, food service directors, and their staff its just been amazing. And so to actually get to participate in this with all the schools across the state of Nebraska was really impressive. And the fact that we had that much of a turnout and participation across the state was really huge. You just, you know, we, it was actually, you know, we didn't expect, to, we, we just didn't know what was going to happen this year, given all the circumstances, but people really stepped up and came to the table and, and got some local food in the cafeterias.
5: Absolutely. Well, Ben, you and I were talking before we came on air that Nebraska really has a big influence in this Crunch Off competition. So talk about that a little bit and where we go next.
6: Yeah, so this is our second year of winning the Crunch Off in the Mountain Plains region. We're really proud of that and excited about that. So Nebraska Extension is part of a a collaboration led by the Nebraska Department of Education on kind of promoting farm school efforts across the state. Uh, we also work with the Center for Rural Affairs, uh, the Big Garden out of Omaha, and fresh by Fresh My Local Nebraska, and many others. But, you know, we are gearing up for lots of things that we're excited about. Um, we are kind of doing some trainings and, and education within Extension to get our professionals across the state uh, more engaged with farm-to-school work. And we're hoping over the next year to start providing some training to producers who are interested in starting to sell to schools and maybe don't know where to get started. So we're going to hopefully launch in about a year from now some comprehensive training for producers to kind of take that next step, figure out what's on the menu for uh, local schools that they could provide and then how they get connected with those school buyers. So there's a lot happening with Farm to School in Nebraska, and it's a really exciting time to be a part of
5: it. All right. Wonderful information. Thanks so much, Ben. Yeah, thank you. That again was Assistant Extension Educator Ben McShane-Jewel. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
0: It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason.
2: Hey, thanks, Tyler. One Nebraska plate kicker Connor Kolb has been recognized as the Big Ten's top kicker. Culp is in his first year with the Huskers, was also first-team All-Big Ten. The native of Arizona connected on 13 of 15 field goals this year and was a perfect 16-for-16 on point-after tries. Well, the Huskers announced the addition of 31 players yesterday on the first day that recruits were allowed to sign national letters of intent during the early signing period. Huskers signed 19 scholarship players and announced 12 walk ons. Head coach Scott Press says recruiting close to home always helps. I, I think there's good talent in the state right now, and, and we're trying to get as much of that as we can. There's good talent in the region and um, some really good pieces from a little farther away, too. So, uh, considering uh, everything that was going on with a COVID year, uh, I'm really excited about this group. Nebraska's 19 scholarship players come to Lincoln from 10 states. For the second time in three years, the Huskers signed five in-state prospects, including Carney Catholic star quarterback Heinrich Harburg. Well, K-State and Virginia Tech are the latest Power 5 teams to withdraw from consideration for a bowl game. They joined Boston College, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Stanford. Now, the NCAA has waived minimum wins required for bowl eligibility, so there's still a shot that Nebraska even maybe go bowling. Well, the Nebraska men's basketball team plays Doan tonight. Tip-off is set for six. We will bring it to you locally on Cami Country. Nebraska also announced it forward. Derek Walker's suspension from the NCAA has been cut to 11 games. That means he now will miss just four Big Ten matchups for the Huskers. Former Lexington star Nick Size is a member of the Tigers. has been seeing quite a bit of playing time lately, so certainly a cool experience for him and the rest of the Tigers tonight as they take on the Huskers. This week, UNK Athletic Director Mark Bauer announced a new contract extension for head men's basketball coach Kevin Lofton. He says this really means a lot and comes at a good time.
3: So I'm really humbled by it, and I feel great because this is the place I've always wanted to be. Uh, I've been here over 25 years. Uh, I love the city of Kearney, uh, the university, and, and our administration, the fellow coaches that I work with every single day, and, Obviously, I love the kids, so very happy about it.
2: Lofton's new contract will now run through 2023. The Loper men and women are back at home tomorrow night against Roger State. Those games are set for 530 and 730. You can hear those on 93.1 The River and on 106.9 in the Kearney area. High school basketball action tonight here on 880 KRVN. Cozad travels to Cambridge with a girls game at 530 and the boys game to follow. That's a look at sports. Have a great day. I'm Jason
0: Jorgensen. And it's time for Midday News. Ellen Simmons is in on this Thursday. I'm going to ask you again just because I've asked you almost every day this week. I think I know the answer. Just looking uh, at your face right now. <laughs> However, did you or have you had a chance to uh, scoop your driveway?
7: It's all ice at this point, so there's nothing we can do. You
0: know, know I'll just do the news right now and I'll let you go home (laughs) and say snow. How about that? Goodness gracious. At this point, yeah, as I mentioned yesterday, it's going to be warm enough just to let it melt away and go into the driveways of other people i suppose
7: this last snow must have been pretty nasty because even the road that i drive still isn't completely clear
0: well i think it was a little icy as well yeah. so then i think that compacted everything and then obviously the snow being driven on and then trying to scoop it yeah it wasn't great so mm-hmm. but uh th- they'll improve oh yeah they'll melt like your driveway will as well so <laughs> what do you have for us today on this thursday
7: well, as we enter the season of giving, many people aren't sure what to buy for gifts. Nebraska Tourism offers many ideas for Nebraskans, such as where to travel and what local businesses to buy from. Karen Collers with Nebraska Tourism lists some gift ideas to buy from local small businesses.
3: Great Nebraska gift ideas can include giving a gift card to a local restaurant. Whether they're ordering takeout or looking forward to dining later, we guarantee that a gift has never tasted better. They can purchase 2021 Nebraska State Park permits. 2021 marks the 100th anniversary of Nebraska State Parks. So celebrate both the State Parks centennial anniversary and the holiday season by gifting hunting, fishing, and general park permits. Promote your
7: favorite state with Nebraska Tourism's merchandise. Other ideas may include museum tickets or memberships, as well as made in Nebraska beer and wine or sweet treats. Small local businesses are important to give support during these times. State officials are encouraging Nebraskans to consider getting tested for the coronavirus before the holidays if they plan to see extended family. The state's chief medical officer, Dr. Gary Antone, said taking a test for the virus before Christmas would add an extra layer of protection for families. A plan to gather together. Nebraska reported 1,242 new case, virus cases and 10 new deaths Wednesday to give the state 152,103 cases and 1,448 deaths since the pandemic began. Over the past two weeks, the seven-day rolling average of daily new cases in Nebraska decreased from nearly 1,800 to about 1,200 new cases per day on Wednesday. A judge has ruled that the federal government must pay landowners on the lower Missouri River for flooding damage caused by the Army Corps of Engineers' efforts to protect endangered species. Judge Nancy Firestone with the U.S. Court of Federal Claims ruled this week that the Corps caused increased flooding by changing habitat on the river to comply with the Endangered Species Act. She says that violated constitutional protections against taking property without compensation. The ruling affects property owners from Sioux City, Iowa to St. Louis, although not all landowners will qualify for payments. The ruling doesn't cover all flood-related damages. And finally, the Nebraska National Guard continues to support the government's humanitarian efforts in response to the coronavirus pandemic by activating 17 drill status guardsmen this week to provide planning support to the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services. Twelve airmen and five soldiers were requested by DHHS to assist with gathering and analyzing information from local organizations and governments to determine where and when to best distribute doses of COVID-19 vaccines as they continue to arrive in Nebraska in the near future. They have started by contacting city administrators, village clerks, and people in the utility sectors to make sure they have accurate numbers for their employees, and will do the same with education and transportation sectors. Well, you can find more news at krvn.com.
0: Thank you very much, Ellen.
8: Harvest is done, but how safe are you around the bins? Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Matt Sertick joins us. He is the health and safety manager with CHS. And I, I talk about it being near and dear to our heart. Listeners know that I'm a firefighter. I'm an EMT. And there is nothing more disheartening than when I have to go on the air and talk about a life being lost because of a grain bin accident. And Absolutely,
9: it is. It's. It's something that we can never really not talk enough about. And understanding really the risks that come with grain bins, um, like you mentioned, that just because the season's over, actually this is when we're going to start talking about it even more because we're going to start moving the grain. We've got to be looking at our quality of our grain. And I get the questions of, uh, you know, what, what are we looking for? And a lot of the dangerous situations that we see with grain bins comes when that out of condition grain, or it starts to crust at the top, or it starts to bridge on the sides where you can't get it to flow. And then we make the decisions to go into that bin and try to do it ourselves. And really those are the situations that end up in resulting in, in the deaths or the engulfments that we see really across the grain industry. And and the things that we can do the simple things of trying to poke it from the top without putting ourselves in harm's way or trying to, um, get it from the side outside of the bin. Those are the little things that you know we can try to do to again not put ourselves in that in that danger zone.
8: So let's start at the basics. Um, we know we got to go in. We got to check the grain. Maybe we're concerned about moisture level. What's the number one thing they should be thinking about, Matt?
9: Really, it's the condition and how fast grain can move. I mean, I think a lot of times people miss that side of it. Just it's just corn. It's just wheat. It's just beans. But ultimately, the engulfments can happen so quickly. And in less than 20 seconds, and I've talked to people, you know, that have been engulfed, and it's just, we talk about it, it was a split second, and all of a sudden, before I knew it, I, I was buried, and I couldn't move, and and the fear and everything turns over your body. So the best thing to do is at least respect the green. That is the first and foremost. Then when we start talking about the precautions and the things that we can do, it comes down to um, locking out. Our equipment, So whether it be a grain auger or a conveyor, making sure we prevent that grain from flowing while we're inside of a bin that is really, really important to even having that attendant. So having a second person there that you could communicate with um, that can be looking over the scene and the situation and, and be talking with you and staying in that constant communication is really important to having the equipment like a harnesses And having that equipment there in the event of a situation, you can utilize that to get you out of that bin safely.
8: So you just said something that uh, the constant communication, and I stop and think that it's, it's easy to say, well, my cell phone's with me. But is it? If you get trapped in the grain, you may not have that opportunity to call. Is it our biggest problem that we assume that technology is there and we forget to just tell somebody physically, hey, I'm going over to this bin. If you don't see me, come find me. Or at least notify?
9: Absolutely. I think we rely on that technology so much. But what we just talked about is, you know, being engulfed in grain, you think you have time to just call somebody. You know, I'm just going to go send a text. and things. But a lot of times that grain's going to come over the top of you and, and you're not going to be able to move your arms. You're not going to be able to be able to reach your cell phone in your pockets. So assuming that you're that technology is going to be there and it's going to help you, it's, it's really not. And so as simple as, yes, talking with somebody, letting them know you're going over there, but really more importantly, having somebody close to the situation. is The worst thing we could do is be able to go into that bin and assume that everybody knows where you're at or what you're doing when somebody else comes in and and tries to, you know, that's why it's important to lock out that auger and physically not just shut it off because it assumes that everybody knows what you're going to be doing. Um, But when you're in that bin, you lose that connection, you lose that communication with those around you.
8: Other safety aspects, I mean, it's the simple safeties around our farming operation to continue to remember.
9: Yeah, we talk about the simple things of personal protective equipment, and we talk a lot about eye protection. You know, your eyes and your ears, those are the things you really can't get back, the hearing. So making sure, you know, hey, you know, throw on a pair of safety glasses to protect your eyes, to one thing we've been really focusing on as we move into this winter season with all of our operations are, uh, traction devices or cleats you know they've come a long ways in the years and they're not your cleats you think about in years past you've got the ones now that you can actually rotate on your feet so if you're going into your shop you can rotate them so you're not walking on the cleat. then if you walk out into your yardway or you're going out to feed your cattle you can rotate it back around and it gives you that extra traction so when you're walking on that snow and ice you can have a little bit of sense of protection there that you're not going to have that slip and fall hazard that risk and and injure yourself that way.
8: Looking at uh, other new equipment, what are some final things that we need to remind ourselves about? And does CHS have a, a link on their website where we can read up and, and be better educated ourselves?
9: Absolutely. If you go to chsinc.com, you're going to find stewardship information of how we're working with our local fire departments and sustainability efforts. Um, really, what I the, the last point that I like to communicate is, You know, we're seeing a lot less people growing up on the farms, getting that experience through growing up and raising around it. So when we're bringing people into our operations that might not have that background, it's important that we're not just relying on the comments.
8: Those comments with Senex Harvest State's Matt Sertik. I'm Susan Littlefield, the World Radio Network.
3: With Business Report for this Thursday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are rising on Wall Street amid optimism that Washington will deliver another round of financial support for the economy. There are signs that Congress is very close to striking a deal that will give a financial lifeline to people and businesses as the economy shows signs of stalling. The S&P 500 was up tenths percent in morning trading, hovering above its record high. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 5 tenths percent and the NASDAQ gained 7 tenths percent. The number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits rose again last week to 885,000 as a resurgence of coronavirus cases threatens the economy's recovery from its springtime collapse. The number of applications increased from 862,000 the previous week. It showed that nine months after the viral pandemic paralyzed the economy, Many employers are still slashing jobs as the pandemic forces more business restrictions and leads many consumers to stay home. A second COVID-19 vaccine is moving closer to joining the U.S. fight against the pandemic. A panel of independent experts is meeting today to discuss the vaccine made by Moderna. The panel's review for the Food and Drug Administration is the next-to-last step before the agency decides whether the shots can be used on an emergency basis. The FDA staff issued a positive review earlier in the week, confirming the vaccine's safety and effectiveness. Members of the family that owns OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma have acknowledged that the drug has had a role in the opioid crisis, but stopped short of apologizing or admitting wrongdoing. Two members of the Sackler family appeared before a congressional panel in a video hearing today, It marks a rare appearance in a public forum for the Sacklers who have faced increased scrutiny in recent years over Purdue's role in the nation's opioid addiction and overdose crisis. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Rogan. We
1: always enjoy catching up on the latest activity with Nebraska Innovation Campus. Of course, that is home to the Rural Radio Network Lincoln Studios. And today, joining us is Dan Duncan. He's the Nebraska Innovation Campus Executive Director. And Dan, it's always great to see you and have you uh, here in the studio. Great, thanks Bryce, it's great to be here. Well, things are a little bit slower in Lincoln here in the capital city of Nebraska, but activity on Nebraska Innovation Campus is still active. I think uh, as people drive by, maybe the most noticeable thing is there's some construction going on. Tell us about that exciting project.
10: Yeah, that project is actually our our hotel uh, that's going up and it's called The Scarlet. It'll be The Scarlet by Marriott. Uh, It'll be a Marriott Tribute Series Hotel Uh, And we're real excited about it for for several reasons. Uh, Probably, notably, the hospitality, restaurant, and tourism management program here at the university will have about 10,000 square feet in the hotel, uh, in which they can do programming. Uh, The hotel also brings a lot of real nice amenities to the campus, so we'll have our first full-service restaurant there. There'll be a rooftop lounge, bar, private meeting room. Uh, with some outdoor space Uh, and then a fitness facility and the fitness facility will have men's and women's showers when you know when you think about hotels they don't have showers in their fitness facilities because you go back to your room Mm -hmm. but this will have a separate entrance so uh, people on innovation campus can join uh, and actually take take part in the fitness facility there so great project for us Um, they're just kind of topping it off now Every day uh, when
1: I drive by, it looks a little bit different. So uh, some fast progress happening on Nebraska Innovation Campus. and But it really uh, kind of puts a punctuation point, or exclamation point, I should say, on the uh, the fact that it's a private and public partnership with that tie with the university.
10: Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's really everything we do. We try to... Uh, you kind of marry the pr- private industry with with the university, and this is this project's no exception. Even even with the hotel.
1: Well, things uh, are a little bit slower. I mentioned that in the intro. Uh, uh, you know, here on campus and in Lincoln, due to the times we're in, but there's still businesses doing some business activity. Uh, maybe let's highlight a couple of them in particular that are stepping up amid this COVID era.
10: Sure. Well, um, you know, first off, I'd like to just basically say a thank you to. Uh, the people that stayed on Innovation Campus from the very beginning of the pandemic when a lot of people were starting to work from home and produced uh, personal protection equipment you know, uh, for, uh, for the people in Nebraska and, and actually beyond. Um, you know, we started getting calls from hospitals uh, saying, do you, can you 3D print this, can you do that? We, we don't, I mean, it was really a scramble early on in March for PPE and to some extent it probably still is. Uh, But Nebraska Innovation Studios stepped up and ultimately made 33,000 face shields and then the Food Processing Center kinda switched gears almost immediately and uh, worked with the uh, faculty in the College of Engineering Uh, and then a lot of private industries. Ultimately they produced 200,000 gallons of hand sanitizer that uh, went throughout the state.
1: Before we let you go, Dan, just want to say a quick thank you from us here at the Rural Radio Network for remaining open and giving us the space to continue our work that we do at Nebraska Innovation Campus. We love calling this place home.
10: Well, we love having you here and uh, appreciate everything
1: you do for the campus. Dan Duncan, Executive Director of Nebraska Innovation Campus, joining us. And I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton on the
11: World Radio Network as we check in on the closing grain markets with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing, Chicago Publisher, of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, we settled near the highs on many contracts across the entire grain complex. Looking at the broader spectrum market, is it safe to say we've hit inflation?
12: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think inflation will be felt a lot more than, than these prices, in my opinion. Uh, we're certainly starting to see a little news media peak on it. I know you guys are always you know, you guys are commodity reporters, so you're aware of it, but you know, some of the mainstream press, you know, the folks who tend to cover more mainstream issues, speaking of it goes or Vice, they're starting to get into this kind of thing now. They're starting to notice it. You know, I got an email from US Newsroom report talking about what is the futures contract. So I mean the the bubble is starting to kind of go here. Uh but just relative to prices, I mean it's not expensive. You know, we've seen prices well above here uh, over the last few years. Uh, even you know, with with uh, before pre um, trade war, you know, we were routinely going up into the mid fours. So at this point in time, the the triggers I'm looking at here, markets like gasoline, markets like cotton, uh, you know, retail sales, the the expectation that that's going to pick up here is going to be bullish for the commodity. Uh, and as I've kind of mentioned on the newsletter, you have the Fed announcing yesterday they're going to keep. You know, bond purchases to the max and continue to keep the, the markets flooded with cash. So you have, you know, the M2 side going up. And as soon as we start to see people move around again, I think the velocity of, of, of that will cause prices to jump as well, especially in anything that's been shut down. I think that's why energy, specifically ethanol, um, you know, they've been building supplies a little bit over the last few weeks. But I think they can see the writing on the wall that, that there's going to be some demand here that they need to meet in the coming months.
11: Briefly, as we look now, cotton market had a huge rally here today. Are so those Southern Oklahoma, Texas producers is it getting to a price where they may switch some acres from corn or beans back to cotton?
12: That's the. I mean, it's so funny you talk to talk about that. It's you know a couple weeks ago you're you're looking at uh, you know sixty nine and four four ten for corn. Corn's been there for a while. We've seen the rally in DC twenty one cotton here really come on post election. Uh, so I think the decision now for producers is difficult. The problem with the panhandle is that those folks are, are dry and they're really dry, and I think a lot of folks are going to be nervous to plant cotton, especially with you know six dollar milo out there if they want to go that route. So I don't think you're going to see circles dedicated to milo, but certainly dryland and and uh, you know any uh, any fringe acres that they feel like uh, they can get you know some sort of acreage up. And I think that non-GMO story is something you want to follow. Um, but at this point, I, I think we're just starting this. The, the what you need to look out for for the top would be some sort of interest rate change, and we didn't get that yesterday.
11: That's John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing, in Chicago Publisher of the Newsletter, This Week in Grain. Learn more at DanielZagMarketing.com. And do remember, trading futures and options involve risk of loss that may not be suitable for all investors.
0: Thank you very much, Clay. Appreciate it. That'll wrap up this Thursday edition of Midday. You can listen to the Midday Podcast, sponsored by Daveni Motors. You can find that in the Apple Store or Android Store, or you can also find it at krvn.com.